0: God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you this morning. We pray, O Lord, on this Sanctity of Life Sunday, we ask your blessings upon us, that we may truly grasp your word, because you have the words of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. This Sunday is set aside as National Sanctity of Life Sunday, in which congregations, not only just Lutheran congregations, but other churches and denominations advocate this sanctity of life. And our synod is one of those churches that does that. Our synod is indeed pro-life and advocates life isn't sacred and is to be held as a special blessing from God from the moment of conception until the moment you breathe your last breath. And so today, as you notice, the service uh, Lutherans for Life have provided for us in the sanctity of life And based on Peter, who said, and you heard in the gospel lesson, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. From conception to the last breath, life is a gift from God. But the battle is out there in the world and the culture in which we live. The Bible is our guideline our moral standard as Christians, but it's being attacked more and more by many entities. And so wrong has become right, and right has become wrong in many cases. And so what we have is a question, did God really say? What do the scriptures really say? becomes an important part and a good question that we have to raise today on the Sanity of Life Sunday. Now the Word of God will come up here, but we already heard it. But just remember that this is the Word of God as we see it in Genesis. As we look at the next slides, a couple of slides, the Word of God comes to us in the Scriptures, and as we heard, the devil is the instigator of taking that Word from us. He came to Eve and said, really, Eve? Really? Did God really say that? And so we will not have to look all the whole, because we already read it. So, but that's the word. We base it on the word of God, God's word given to us, and what we heard in Timothy and what we heard in the gospel lesson today, that God's word is who we are and what we do. So the real question is, Then the devil plays with us with desire, as the next slide shows, desire. Surely, God wants you to enjoy everything, right? Everything you have, you should be able to enjoy. He, Satan, you see, masquerade, masquerades as a heavenly messenger. He's not the little guy in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. He's the angel of light, as is described in the Scripture. He uses Scripture. And he says, surely you want selection, you want choice, really abounds in our culture. Did really, is that true? Did really God say that? Is that really what we're supposed to do? And so what happens is, we have to choose. And so the next slide will remind us of something when you look at the game of chess. In chess, you block people from moving, right? You try to hold them back. You see, wherever God raises a church, Satan puts up a chapel. Luther liked to quote that from time to time. When a church is established, and the church is there, Satan will bring up a chapel. That's what Satan said to Eve, right? She's in the garden, she's got a perfect life. And he says, did God really say, don't eat? And she looked at it, and it looked good. Oh my, it was so good. She desired it. Just one little bite, Eve, it won't hurt anything. And she took her bite of the fruit that she wasn't supposed to. And you know the rest of the story. It's what happens in life a young girl, somebody gets pregnant and they don't consider it a blessing. And so they are told, hey, it's only a mass of cells. Go ahead. You can terminate it. Or a child is, being, is in the womb and is determined to be handicapped and not going to be normal and so the doctor says, why don't you abort it? You don't need to raise the child. Or an old person is costing a lot of money to keep alive. And the family says, there's no value in this life anymore. And besides, it's eating up our inheritance. Isn't there a way that we can terminate? Or the state says, the government says, why should we be using all of our Medicaid and Medicare money on people that are no longer functioning, and they're in their 80s, 90s, can't we just terminate them? In Oregon, you can terminate life at any time. You're going to terminate it any time from conception to your last breath. You can have an abortion. You can have assisted suicide. And now the law even has been changed so that you can do it the same day. No waiting period. There used to be a waiting period And now if you decide you don't want to live anymore, you can get your prescription taken care of from the doctor and do it all in the same day. But who's the deceiver? It's the devil. The devil playing the game. And so in the next slide, we'll look at a row of cars. And cars, there you see, you know, they're all going in the same direction. But the devil is like deceiving us all the time. But just think... In a car, when you're selecting a car, you can choose the color, you can choose all those nice things you want inside, all the gadgets you want, just pay a little extra, and you can get all kinds of tech and all kinds of things that you can use to drive your car. But as little cars are all facing one direction, the devil doesn't tell you that when you fall for his temptation, you're headed for the same direction. So he does that same thing with life issues. He says, look, you got choices. You can make choices. Make choices that work for you and satisfy you. Because did God really say? So in the next picture, we'll see a girl looking to enjoy her wine and her delicious little treats. And why would God not want you to enjoy what he already has given. That's a trick of the devil. God said, Eve? Really? Did he say, God? Did God say you shall not eat? Doesn't he want you to be happy? If it's good and looks good, you should be able to consume it. He wants you to enjoy life, doesn't he? A good God, you think, wouldn't design pleasure and then to forbid it, And if others want to eat it, let them have it. Maybe you don't want to, but it's okay for others, we're told. Each person make their own choice, their own selection. And so as we look at the heart then, the next one, we see that the heart sometimes has got a ball and chain around it because the heart wants what the heart wants. The heart desires what the heart desires, right? And so we say, hey, do what you want. I'll make my choices, you make your choices, and you do what you want with your life. If you want to take and end it, go ahead. If you don't want to suffer pain, go ahead. And so life becomes a challenge in this culture in which we live, and more and more so, as it does. It's interesting. In 50-plus years of ministry, I have been involved in many of those situations I've been involved with people wanting, or people dying in their deathbed, and they're in terrible pain. It used to be that that we wouldn't give you so many painkillers in those early years of ministry, and people really were in pain more than they are now, when they can have a lot more morphine and more help in the process. But I never once had a person say to me, Pastor, can't I end my life now? I can't bear this never had anybody say that to me. Although there are people that do say that to people. Yes, there's people that said, I want to go to heaven to be with Jesus. I'm ready to go, and I want to go and get past this pain. And that's okay to say that. I don't want to do that. But you see, we try to keep ourselves under the control of what we want to do. And so in the next picture, we see a woman with children And the woman with children reminds us of a question. Did God really say to the woman, in pain you shall bring forth children? Did God really say to the man, you're going to have to till the ground and pick out the thistles before you eat the food? Yeah, God did say that. That's what God said when man chose to sin and fall and fall away from God. So what kind of God is he anyway? They would do that, the world says. That's the God you believe in? Why not, you know, terminate life? Why do you want to bring life into this miserable world, <coughs> especially if it's not wanted? And so as we look at the next slide, we see homeless children, and we say, why would you bring people into, lo- into the world that really aren't wanted. What is the purpose of life? There's no purpose. Shouldn't we exterminate it? Why should we keep people that don't want to live anyway? What's happening? What's best for you and me? And so the world asks all kinds of questions, and we delve into them. And religion, then in the next slide, becomes a question about religion, reality. People say religion only increases suffering. Don't get wrapped up in religion and what the Bible says. Don't get wrapped up there, the world says. Because did God really say those things? God, did he really? The devil keeps saying to us. Why not choose the lesser of the evils in the world? And so the world struggles with the question, and we in the church struggle with the question. So the next slide reminds us of something about death. You see, the world says, if you don't matter that much, death will bring you deliverance. I mean, if life gets tough, just end it, because you're going to die anyway. After all, world can bring you Death can bring you deliverance. Did God really say, "Adam and Eve, you will surely die; to dust you shall return"? Yep, God said it. So then we say, "What's so bad about death?" It offers deliverance. It offers escape. Embrace death. It's your body. It's your choice. Take it if it's getting difficult and the winds and the sandstorms are blowing and life is a struggle and painful. Why why live? The devil keeps working on our thoughts because he's always in that chapel working next to the church. But as Christians... On Sanctity of Life Sunday, we have to face the reality that as we see in the next picture, God makes flesh, his temple. God comes to us and lives in us and dwells in us. It was God's choice to save us even though we rebelled. Even though Adam and Eve rebelled and sinned, God chose to save us. And he promised to send Someone who would crush Satan's head. Someone who would come and save us and deliver us from all that anguish and sin and complications of life. And so, as we see next, we are created in the image of God. God has formed us with his hands, made life special by putting us in his image. It didn't happen to the animals, Or to other situations, but God breathed in the nostrils of man. He gave his breath to human beings, and said, "In his image he made us." He created us to be special. You're special. God loves you. He cares about you. God loves every last human being in this in this world. Did God really say he made us in his image? Yes, God did say that. Did God breathe into the nostrils of man and give him the breath of life, the Holy Spirit? Yes. And you received that spirit in baptism to to incorporate yourself as a child of God. And so the incarnation, which comes up next, reminds us that God put on flesh and became a sacrifice for us. The incarnation that every one of us is precious. Every one of us, from the moment of conception to the last breath that we breathe, we are important, we are special. God loves us. And God cares about the sanctity of life. And God will take care of us. God loves us because he sent his son Jesus to be the ultimate lamb, the sacrifice, who would come to us and give us life just as it comes to us today in the Holy Communion, and we receive his body and blood given for us for the forgiveness of our sins, to strengthen our faith and reassure us that we will live forever in heaven with him. Wow, what a God we have who cares about us that much. And so as we see in the next picture, a pair of hands of an older person and a baby in those hands. Every life no matter what age what condition is precious. Jesus came to be one of us. He became a human being. Took on flesh flesh and blood. He took on our sickness, our sorrows. He humbled himself, even humbled himself to the point of death the scripture says. Every life is precious. No matter your age, shape or condition. Life is precious because God has created it and Jesus has redeemed it. Jesus went to the cross and redeemed every last person and offered salvation to all who believe. And that's why Peter says, Lord, who are we going to go to? You've got the words of eternal life. Only you. It's, we go to Jesus. And oh, if only the people would go there. So what do we have? Well, let's take a look at people on the cross. You see, we are invited to come to the cross. See, all those people are headed towards the cross. They're going to the cross to the message of Jesus Christ and his love, that he is the one who has paid for our sins, died on the cross, shed his blood that we might live, and that we are important. Our life is special. He desires that we all come to salvation. He wants us to receive his love. He wants us to experience his kindness. He wants us to find peace and hope and healing and comfort and purpose for life. And it's in the cross of Jesus Christ that you can find it. Only there. That's why Peter says, we, you, Lord, are the source of eternal life. Every person is precious, and that's the point of the sanctity of life. No matter where in the spectrum they are or what condition they're in, from conception the last breath, we are God's people cared for. And so we are people of the cross. The people who go to Jesus. Now, look there. The next picture shows something interesting. We leave the cross. We leave and go out. Notice those people are going out from the cross. They're going out into the world to share the good news of Jesus and his love. Because God really says, doesn't he? Go forth and proclaim the gospel. Go forth and tell the good news about life, about forgiveness, about mercy. Speak the truth, show love, share life. And that's why Lutherans for Life takes on the task of encouraging us to be people who take life seriously, the sanctity of life. And it's for us to go out and share the joy and the hope to the desperate and bring forgiveness to those who maybe have done violence to life in some way. Some have had Maybe a possibility, as someone sitting here this morning has had an abortion, maybe years ago. Maybe you know somebody who's had an abortion. Maybe you know somebody who's committed suicide. Or maybe you know somebody who's thought about it, or maybe you have. But the good news is all sins are forgivable, including abortion or including suicide. God forgives all sin. All sin condemns, but all sin is forgiven at the cross. And that's the good news that we have as the church. We can go out into the world and we can tell the people, Jesus is your Savior. Jesus is the one who gives you eternal life. It is in Christ that you find new life. In Jesus alone we find life. And that's why we as a congregation pass out baby bottles. Today the baby bottles are here. And you can take a bottle home and put money in it during the next month. And as you know, in the bulletin. You bring it back on February 16th. And it's that money that helps girls, especially in the greater Portland area, to keep their babies, to keep life, and to show them how to live and help them and provide for them. And our church is one of those sponsors of the baby bottles. And so pick up your baby bottle and take it home and fill it with coins or money or check and bring it back and use it can be, so, it can be used to share our love and concern for others that are there. In the back of the bulletin, if you're looking for more information, you'll notice that in the bulletin, you can also go to Lutherans for Life website. I think it's in there somewhere. And you can uh, find um, some more information about life issues and about things that you can share with people. Because we've got something we need to share, and it's what brings us joy. Did you hear about Howard Kirby? He got a surprise of his life. You see, Howard purchased a sofa at Habitat for Humanity Restore in Michigan recently. And he bought this sofa. He took it home. He's going to go for his man cave, where he can sit and enjoy the football games and sports and hide out in his man cave. But when he sat down on the couch, he thought, oh, this is uncomfortable. Didn't like it too well. He complained to his family and his daughter. He said, well, I'll go down and take a look at it. She went and the man came and took the cushion apart and unzipped it. And she pulled out a stack of $100 bills. And then she found some more and some more. And she kept pulling them out. And they counted the money and it was $4,000, $43,170. Wow. What a find in the couch. No wonder it was uncomfortable. Well, Howard thought, wow, now I can put a new roof on the house. Now I can enjoy life a little bit. He checked legally to see if he could keep it and he said, they said yes. There's no need to return it. He didn't have to go find the owner. It's their problem. He found it. It's his money. He wants it. But Howard decided... That wouldn't be. That wasn't the thing to do. So he went back to the Habitat for Humanity Restore and wanted to know if they knew who had brought the couch in, and they did. It was Kim Newberry, they said. And so Kim was contacted about the couch, and she said, "Well, yeah, my grandfather died, and it was his couch, and I got it and put it in my house. It was uncomfortable, so I decided to give it." Away, Maybe somebody could find some comfort in it and fix it up. And so I gave it to Habitat for Humanity. They could sell it and make some money. Not realizing that in that couch, her grandfather had stuffed all this money over the years. And so Howard decided to give it back. He gave it to Kim, handed over the $43,000. He said it was the right thing to do. He said, it makes me feel good to give it back. He felt good about it because he gave the money back. And when you and I come to the cross and find Jesus and find his salvation and good news, it's for us to feel good about going out and sharing that good news, sharing that love with people, the love of Jesus that he forgives no matter what, no matter your circumstance. And you are important and every life is important that we stand for life, or pro-life, and that we stand that God has chosen us and and we are in his image and we are special and we can go out into the world so we can rejoice and be glad. Satan can't build chapels fast enough to be able to silence God as we go out into the world and make a difference. So may God bless you as we hold to the sanctity of life and share it with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.